0: you're listening to the creating a brand podcast i am your host alex sanfilippo today's guest is the founder of ladybossblogger.com elaine Rao. she is a full-time successful blogger i love the blogging space it's actually where i got my start it's something i'm very passionate about and i've been wanting to have a conversation with another successful blogger on the creating a brand podcast because i know that's gonna be very helpful for a lot of the listeners because both the Podcast listeners and the community are full of people that either have blogs, are starting a blog, or know that they need to start a blog. And that makes sense because blogs are so powerful in today's world. So I wanted to talk to somebody that's been doing this successfully. So Elaine was able to take her blog and turn it into a profitable business within three years. That's right. She launched less than three years ago and she'd be able to grow a massive audience and just help a lot of people through the content that she's developing on her blog. So today, Elaine and I talk about turning a blog into a profitable business. She's going to share a lot of wisdom in this episode, so let's not wait any longer. Here is my interview with Elaine Rao. Elaine, thank you so much for being a guest in the Creating Brand podcast today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This is an absolute honor for me.
0: I'm so excited about this because we are both bloggers.
1: I know. I rarely meet like full-time bloggers ever in person or even on podcasts. So this is really cool.
0: Yes. We haven't met in person yet, but I know we're both speaking at a conference, the same conference later in the year. So that's exciting. We'll get the opportunity to meet and talk about everything there is about blogging, right? Mm -hmm. So today, that's what I really want to cover for our audience. It's something that the Creating a Brand community is really interested in. A lot of them are bloggers, the majority of which it's... On the side of a product or a service or a company they're trying to start and others are actually just looking to get into the blogging world and i really want to get into that with you because you're somebody who really is a successful blogger and before we really jump into that though i'd like to hear your background because i always find full-time bloggers people who are really doing it have such an interesting backstory i've never met one that's let me down tell me that's not about to happen, right?
1: It will. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I've never wanted to be a blogger. um, okay. (laughs) Like writing was literally like not my favorite subject at all ever. I studied art. Actually, I studied ceramics to be exact. And I was like in the studio and all that stuff. So it was definitely not an interest, but this is what happened. So after college, I was in the wedding industry and I literally like sold everything weddings, like venues, dresses, photo and video like everything wedding. I Mm wasn't the wedding woman. One day a phone call basically changed the entire trajectory of my life and my career. My boyfriend at the time, he called me from overseas and told me that his brother had just been murdered. I asked my boss if I could go be with him and be with his family and, you know, all that stuff, bury his brother. And he said no, because, and his reasoning was even worse. He said it would affect sales, because at that time I was the national wedding sales manager for a global company. And so obviously that was not going to work. And so I had to basically, he gave me the option of choosing career or family or, you know, boyfriend. And so I chose boyfriend, moved down overseas to be with him in Honduras and realized that my wedding. Industry skills didn't transfer to a developing country, hmm. and sales industry skills didn't transfer either because I didn't speak Spanish. And I mean, right. not only that, I mean I was friendless, jobless, passionless, purposeless—like everything. Like I just hit rock bottom, and I was supposed to be there, you know, for him, but he actually ended up being there more for me. And basically, I had to get myself out of. I, I was on a, like a downward spiral for sure, mm-hmm. and I had to give myself a reason to wake up. Honestly. And so I decided to start a blog. And the reason why I decided to do that was because when I was in the wedding industry as a pastime or like a, a stress reliever, I actually blogged, uh, I was an intern. This girl, she ran this blog and I would go to her events and basically cover, I, I didn't like the blogging aspect. I like going to the events as you know, but I had to write a blog about the event and I just mm-hmm. remember how it made me feel and it made me feel important. And I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling again. And so I started the blog, and I named it Lady Boss Blogger because I wanted to become a lady boss, whatever that meant, and I wanted to become <laughs> a blogger, whatever that meant. And and so I, you know, got all the social medias, everything. I bought the domain because I, I don't know why, but I just knew that was important, just right off the bat. And then I started pumping out a new piece of content every single day. So I, that's every how day
0: I you started. were you were doing content every day.
1: Yes. So I, yeah, it's been almost three years now and I haven't failed to produce a brand new blog post every single day for three years.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So my goodness, I I did that for six months and I realized, okay, that's not (laughs) happening. But every day for three years.
1: Yes, but it's because I did interviews. So I actually didn't write my own content. I interviewed people like crazy Uh, and I learned from them because I knew nothing. And so I wanted to learn from people who had gone before me and I just wanted, it wasn't about producing content, honestly. It was about a learning platform for me because I couldn't find anything else like that mm-hmm. right now there's so many you know women empowerment and women online learning and i mean it's mm-hmm. it's completely different but at the time that i started and it's only three years ago the landscape was very different yes, and it was. the resource that i was looking for was not available so i decided to create it myself and that's where my art came in which is basically as a creator it was always ah, okay. you know in my blood and so i created what i couldn't find
0: That's great. You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. You went to art school and maybe later on thought, okay, I'm never going to use this. But that creativity came back up later when you were starting Lady Boss Blogger, which is so cool to hear that you were able to kind of go back to that passion that maybe you had at one point or just that creativity that wasn't around for a few years there and bring it back the way you did to, to launch this, which is extremely successful now, by the way. Very, very impressive.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And actually I didn't realize like it was with blogging, all of my skills basically came into one, like all the things that you used to do for free for the wedding companies, like their marketing, Mm -hmm. their graphic design, their content creation that I didn't realize was a job. I'm not sure why, but I was like, Oh, like you guys need this and I would love to do it for you. And so I did it on the side for them just for fun. So all those skills that I, that I came up with or that I enjoy doing basically equaled blogging. And I didn't know that.
0: Wow! If you're looking for more fun stuff like that to do for free, <laughs> let's talk more after this. Off okay. There, all, right? <laughs> all right.
1: Sounds good.
0: <laughs> so, as both of us being, I'll call us professional bloggers. Maybe you don't want to identify yourself as that, but that that is what we are. So, both professional bloggers. Let's talk about the big question before we move too deep into this: Is blogging dead? <sighs>
1: It is You've heard before, only right? yes. I know. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> Me too. It is actually growing because content marketing no. right now is. <laughs> is key. Like literally everyone is like all about content marketing, but they don't realize it in the terms of blogging because if you produce Mm -hmm. a piece of content in a blog specifically and not on social media, it goes way further in regards to SEO, organic search. I mean like everything because everything revolves around Google. Right. And so when you produce a piece of content on, on your blog, it's going to go, yeah, it's going to go way further than anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. People are always asking me. I speak at a lot of conferences. A lot of them are actually blogging related. People are just getting started like, I hear this blogging thing starting to die down. And (laughs) every time I'm like, who told you that? Like, where did you hear that? These are people that don't want more competition. That's who's telling you that because it's going well. Blogging is still growing. There's just different forms of content now that is searchable, like podcasts are becoming searchable now as well. But it is still a form of content. And every post in my mind is technically a blog post, whatever you may have on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, I'm, I think back to that question. I like that. We kind of answer that right away. I don't think blogging's dead. I don't think it's going to be dead anytime soon. I think that it is still growing and there's still opportunity as long as you get really niche in what you're doing.
1: Yes. I, I, I was about to say that. I think honestly, it's, it's so saturated now in the mm-hmm. general markets, but the niche markets is where it's at. And so if you can carve yourself out a niche, then you're golden.
0: I say niche, you say niche.
1: Um, either or tomato, tomato. <laughs> I'm still trying to
0: find somebody who actually knows, but I think that both work, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that every business should have a blog, even if they're not focused on content necessarily? What if they're just a product or a service? Should they have a blog on the side as well?
1: A f- I wouldn't say it on the side. I would say that should be like their main focus. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, if you're produ- like, you're talking about a product, right? People want to know what, like, in context of like, you know, maybe an educational piece, right? How can that product be in use or, or how does it, that product relate to even the competitors or like review posts or like, if it's a service, you know, maybe like not just testimonials, but like mm-hmm. stuff as a, in real in, in use. And a blog post can also relate to a YouTube video. So it's kind of like complementing each other with right. text as well as visuals.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that's important when talking about this topic, I I agree with you, everyone should have a blog, it should really be the the main funnel, if you will, to bring people to your product or service. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons for that is people love to be educated, and they love Mm -hmm. free education. So for me, if I'm looking at a product and service that I want to subscribe to purchase, whatever it may be, the first thing I'm doing is looking to see what kind of educational uh, material do they have to go with this? And when right. I find that they have a blog, it's really showing me a lot of information. That's how I choose if I'm going to buy that product or not. It's the one that gives me the most education or free material to go with it that I'm going to be actually interested in.
1: Right. And I mean, the, the, the most search terms on Google are basically like, is the word best. So like, you know, the best products okay. for... <laughs> xyz the best books you know to whatever right if you write a blog post about you know the best service to i don't know to learn how to become a counselor or whatever and then you know obviously and then your 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 business model is that you're a school then they're going to read that and then get educated on it and then subscribe to your or or sign up for you know your online classes or your school whatever that is
0: yeah, it gives you more opportunity to rank high in search engines for things that are not exactly what your product is.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and it's not like, just a salesy. Like people wanna know like, okay, you're not just there for the sale, but you're there to help them in general, especially millennials and Gen Z. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's absolutely right. People are, they're looking to be helped. They're looking for a solution to their problem. And I find the best way to offer that is by giving them a piece of content that is actually helpful, that pushes them in the right direction.
1: Mm-hmm. And even if they don't become your client per se, I mean, like, the, you know, that's like a shareable content, they share it with their friends, they're like, hey, you know, you're checking this out, too. You know, it's it's a piece that like, because it's not salesy, they're willing to share it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah I feel like we <laughs> can talk about that for a while there. I actually want to get into a little bit more of the personal yeah, side sure. of blogging with you, if that's all right. What does it take to be a successful blogger? And what I mean by that is what do you actually, what do you have to put into it?
1: So when I first started, I literally worked on my blog from 6am to midnight every single day and, but like, Wow. it was such like, well, number one, I had nothing else to do. So that was like easy for me.
0: <laughs> Most people are not in that boat, yes. but you're, you're saying it took a lot of your time though. Yeah.
1: Like all of my time, like literally all I did was blogging. And so I think that's like why I was able to scale and grow so quickly. I mean, it's only been barely three years. It's been 2.9 mm-hmm. years, right?
0: Real, you've grown it this big and I, okay. So I, I didn't follow that initially. That's yeah. how long ago mm-hmm. you actually start launched yeah. this?
1: So it's totally, like, it's totally okay. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, like, if you get into blogging, like, a decade ago, okay, there's no blogs. But, like, hey, you know, like, it's totally possible to be a new blogger and boom, you're following. Yes, it is. So um, that's not an issue as long as you work on it. Another thing was that like the very first thing that I invested in was social media automation. Cause I was not about to spend all my time on social media. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm like an influencer now or whatever yeah. they call me, but I actually spend very, very limited time on social media. Like everything's automated in the sense of like, I that's plan smart. my content months in advance and I schedule it all And and then I comment and I engage with them, but like all my content is already planned, like just with my blog as well. Like the entire month is usually planned out and then it just runs. And then I'm working on, you know, the next month or the next few months. Uh, after that so it's all about automation using your time wisely and creating templates and structures that work well for you like you don't have to like reinvent the wheel every single time you come up with a blog piece or or a piece of content right like if Mm -hmm. if you notice like my and then that ties to branding as well a lot of people tell me they're like oh elaine like i always know when it's your piece of content on instagram because it's always the same structure even though it's different content like if you go Mm -hmm. to instagram.com slash ladybossblogger you'll see it Always rotate two templates, right? It's always a pink template with my blog post titles on there, and the titles change, but the template doesn't. And then I rotate it to an interview where it's like, you know, it's a black and white person, the human is black and white, and then the text is black and white as well. And so it's always that every single other day. Mm -hmm. And so people always know what to expect. And that's another thing I feel like right from the get go, I was like, all right, my audience. I'm going to produce a brand new piece of content for you guys every single day at 6 p.m. Central Time. And it's been consistent like that. And, mm-hmm. and what I contribute to that is I feel like when people know what's happening, they like your audience will grow very organically and automatically. It's kind of like you know when you have a TV show, right? You go yeah. home at 6 p.m., you're like, oh, yes, Family Guy's on or whatever you <laughs> watch, right? And then I don't watch that, my husband does. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: <laughs> but, sure, but like, sure. I like their memes though. Yeah. yeah, but if it's on and you're like, okay, well, if one day it's not there and you're like, okay, maybe I'll give it another chance, yeah. but then the next day it's not again, then you're going to get disappointed and then move on. So you have to be just as consistent. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's a two-way street, right? You produce consistent content, your audience will consistently be there for you too.
0: Yeah, you know, I've actually learned within the area of consistency, always under promise and over deliver. If you know for a fact you can release a blog post, let's just say every week, you can do one a week for sure. Tell your audience you're going to do one every other week. And then wow them with the extra content. But don't do the opposite and say, I'm going to give you a piece of content every week and then skip one week, two weeks, three weeks. That's a problem. So consistency is very important. And actually, this is we don't have time to get into this, but I'd love to, with the um, show notes and the blog post that goes with this actual episode, I'd love to share some of the automation tools that you use if you'd be okay with sharing that after the episode. But I definitely want to have that for our audience because I know that the Creating a Brand community is all about automation. And I like that you were talking about though your time being focused. So you spent all of your time, not some of it, you spent all of your time to build what you've built, but you were doing it so in a focused way. So you weren't just sitting around scrolling through Instagram or playing around on Facebook and getting into the the things that don't really grow your brand, right?
1: It was all about, yeah, scheduling, creating structures, templates, outlines that I could use over and over and over again so that, Mm -hmm. that the content could just be produced super fast, super efficiently. And so that I could not only learn what I wanted to learn, um, but my audience. So I think like with me starting off with interviews, I was able to not only learn, but then my audience started realizing that it's like a, you know, valuable resource as well. And then then they started subscribing Mm -hmm. to it too. So I think like when you don't necessarily like do it for yourself and your views, like you're just doing it as like an educational tool, it can grow like that as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I want to get back to this question again. What does it actually take to become a successful blogger? Were you ever discouraged early on? I know you saw some immediate traction. Did you have any time of being really discouraged about it or just weren't sure where to take things? Did did you run into that?
1: Um, Yeah, like every other day. (laughs) Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, that's the journey I think that's really valuable to share because if somebody, I felt the same way when I first got started and I didn't have the same traction you did, but there were some painful days yeah. where I was like, maybe I should just stop. What did you do to, to get through that or to, to overcome the, I guess, the confusion of where to go next? What, what did you do?
1: I just try new things and I just kept on learning. I was like, okay, so this obviously, you know, is not working then. Like, for example, my, the structure after an entire year of, you know, having the same exact structure for my interview, I realized that, I really wanted to learn more about mm-hmm. like there's one specific question that I would always go to in their interview and that was their business tools. And so I decided to highlight that one and then the next mm-hmm. year I I started learning about everyone else's business tools and what they used and I started implementing them into my my calendar as well or my outline. And so okay. I think that yeah just like learning on the spot and and just not Stopping and not giving up, even if you feel like, it, like I feel, even if I feel like it's monotonous or I'm doing the same things over and over again, I still kept them up. But I kept them up and I implemented other things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like completely like switch tracks. I feel like a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, like I want to uh, blog about uh, garbage disposal, whatever, right? And then the next day they're like, oh, you know what? I want to talk about forestry. And it's like, <laughs> well, let's like do like a little bit more, you know, in tune or. or 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 just broaden your niche, right? But for me, I feel like I I made little steps, and so it was never a, a drastic turn. And and then I also listened to my audience. For example, guest posting, I got so many requests. Like, oh my god, it was just piling in my inbox of people wanting to guest post on my thing. And I was like, well, I only do interviews, so that's not my thing. But then after I saw like you know months and months of people requesting, I was like, you know what? maybe I should listen to them. (laughs) And then so then I implemented it and then I had to like create, every single time I like add a new thing, I have to create a new structure for it and it's super hard. And and then it takes a while for it to like even out and then become what it is. But I don't like stop or pause to figure it out. Basically I, I create it And then as I'm creating, I'm figuring it out. Not every single piece is going to be 100% perfect. It usually takes a few blog posts for me to figure out, Mm -hmm. okay, this is how I like to work. This is how the structure should be. And then this is what my audience likes. And then I don't go back and edit the other ones. Right. Like they're already done.
0: If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the creating a brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform where we share our experiences, recommendations, and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses. Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. You will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. Let's just kind of change the question here. If you're just getting started, do you recommend doing what you did or going after somebody who's been doing it or getting into a course? Like, what do you you think?
1: This is what I would recommend is that you first figure out on your own, kind of what direction you want to do. And then after you have a, at least a general idea, mm-hmm. I would invest in courses, like specifically what you want to do. Like for example, after a year, I was like, okay, I want to tap into affiliate marketing. Cause I realized that I was doing, it was all a service oriented, all the stuff that I was selling. I realized that I wanted more passive income and I wanted it to be like, you know, like create more automatic automation machines. And I knew from reading, you know, what other people were talking about that mm-hmm. affiliate marketing was the way to go. So I invested in the course by Michelle. She is incredible. And she's a full-time blogger as well. She makes like, uh, I don't know, like millions every year. And she, I think she started around where you start like eight years ago. And yeah, and I knew that she would be an amazing teacher and she has like, I don't know, her passive income was like really crazy as well. So I I invested in the course and then I learned and it took me a while, like a few months to like actually understand it. And then after that, I was like, okay, like, you know, and and then I wanted to grow my traffic. So then I invested in a Pinterest course and then I wanted to, you know, scale my business. So I invested in a six figure scaling, like a business course, right? So I had specific goals in mind of what I wanted to learn. So it's not just like, oh, let me like purchase this course and like see how it goes. It's like, no, you should have a goal in mind of why you're purchasing that course. And then so you can actually have measurable goals of like the outcome.
0: Yeah, I say this a lot on this podcast, but you need to find your why before you can do the what like you need to understand why you're doing something. And I like that yes. you're talking about get that direction first, and then invest in those specific courses, not just Very generalized. I think that's very wise.
1: And the way that you get your direction is actually by doing. So you have to Mm -hmm. be different enough to figure it out for the first few months, and then have a direction that you can actually go in. Or and like you can like it it doesn't have to be like the direction like forever. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, like I I don't know, like you're investing in like your entire future. It's like no, you're investing in the next couple months of your Mm -hmm. life. That's right. You learn it and you learn it well, and it works. Great if it doesn't you've learned what you need to learn and then you can take the next step
0: that's right now i have another question here that's a little bit a little bit different we're talking about it right now but you had a lot of time in the beginning it's funny you had a lot of time but no money that's yes. a good place to be. And if you have a lot of money, but a little bit of time, that's also not a bad place to be. But if you have no time and no money, it's rough to get started. <laughs> but so, but I want to ask now, what about somebody who doesn't have the time that you do or did, I should say, and maybe they're kind of already in a full-time career. They're already really busy. How do they find time to write? How have, And now I know that you're really busy. How do you still find time to produce content every day? What, how have you s- scheduled that out or what do you do?
1: So I have, I was called a blogger, but I literally am more of a publisher. Okay. I have probably only written about a handful of blog posts myself. The rest have been guest posts Mm -hmm. or other people's content. Okay. So I was actually a, I realized that like, I'm really not the best writer. So it's like really ironic that I'm called a blogger, (laughs) but like, I really like promoting, like my thing is promoting other people. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm incredibly good at that. And so like highlighting other people, growing audiences to help other people grow their audiences, like almost like more of like a PR role than like a blogger role. And then so, but then with everything, single piece of content of course i add my own tidbits right. in there as well and and different things like that plus i have a team of 17 writers
0: oh great that's good that help me
1: out so like i have 17 interns and they do like all sorts of different things for me so i realized that delegation is like my number one skill
0: that's good that's a great skill you go <laughs> far with that skill if that's your only skill you'll make it really far in life <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah i just like i don't know what it is but i'm i'm just it makes me really excited and it I love delegating stuff. (laughs) Because yeah. I don't want to, like, you know, like, I know how to do everything because I've done it before. But then now with my interns, like, they're at a point where they're like, oh, they're wanting to learn. They're wanting to, you know, learn from a full time blogger and everything. And I realized not a lot of bloggers, like, teach their craft. And mm-hmm. for me, my brand is all about helping the next generation of women learn how, like, their skill set, what their interests are, all that stuff. So I created the internship, the perfect internship that I wish that I would have had. And then I love the mentoring aspect. I, every single Monday we talk. I talk to every single one of my interns and, you know, know, give them pointers, you know, talk about what they, you know, the, what they accomplish and how we can further their goals a- and help one another out. I think
0: you bring up a good point here, which is, and I think a lot of us, we assume that we need to be writing our own content completely, but you brought up a good point and you don't have to do that. And I have projects where I actually don't do the mass majority of the writing. I've subbed that out as well. I'm still technically the blogger who's there, but it has their name on it and everything. I'm not trying to like take credit that isn't mine. But you don't have to produce all that content. So, again, you're talking earlier about being focused and staying off of social media because it's not where that's not the best use of your time. This is similar to that. If you have a product or service that you're really focused on perfecting and just making really great, then maybe actually writing the blog itself isn't the best thing for you to do. But that's when you go out and sub it out because there's people that are willing to write. And a lot of them will do it for a very affordable rate or even for free if you're able to they're able to promote themselves a little bit in it. Mm-hmm. And that might be a good route for people to go. So you're thinking about how on earth am I going to manage my time to to reserve a couple hours a day for writing, whatever. Maybe you don't need to be doing that. Maybe it need to be much less time where you're just reaching out to people saying, Hey, I'd love for you to write a blog post on this and here's what's in it for you.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. And I I do have, I mean, lady boss blogger, here's the thing. I have two brands. So lady boss blogger is my professional brand. And then elanerow.com is my personal brand. So Mm -hmm. on there I talk, you know, it's kind of like off and on a little bit about, you know, my travels, beauty, blah, blah, whatever. So that's where I kind of more so express myself versus, so I have a very distinctive break between two things. So one I produce 100% content for myself and it's all about me and my life and lifestyle whatever mm-hmm. and then the other is all about other people and like what they can gain from it Edu- very educational etc. Yeah. So it's a very distinctive break. Because I, I never wanted to be the blogger behind the brand. I don't know why, but like that—that's why I didn't name it my my name. Because right. I wanted to be scalable, and yeah. I wanted it to all about be all about other people. But however, a year into it, a lot of people started asking, "Who is the lady boss blogger?" And blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh my god, I have to like you know show right. up." Honestly, I would prefer to just hide behind my blog all day, every day, like not even resurface. So my personal brand is basically mostly just on Instagram. So I post mm-hmm. images and products and stuff like that about my life and then I have lady boss blogger educational resource.
0: Yeah, and I think that your audience they really were interested in learning more about you. I think it's because you've added so much value. I've I've been through your website. It adds so much value people. I mean, anything people want is there on those, you know, on your topics and your niche, right? You've really been able to to just add so much value people want to know more about you. And I think that that's another really important point because a lot of us were like, well, I'll just name my blog my name. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. However, it it actually initially might be easier because people already know that name. But when you actually create a brand behind it, when you do that, it has so much more power and is going to go so much further from a scalability standpoint.
1: Well, and also from an SEO standpoint, like for example, people would never search my name, but they will search maybe lady boss or Mm -hmm. blogger, right? And every single time I talk about my brand, people are like, I think I've heard of that, right? You know, because it sounds like familiar. Yeah, I think that that there's another uh, searchability aspect to it, too.
0: Yeah, this is actually a good segue or transition here. I want to talk about blog traffic a little bit. We're going to get real practical in these last few questions I have here for you. How can someone get more traffic to their blog if they're just getting started? What is your recommendation to, to start getting some traction?
1: The very first thing you need to do is get a Pinterest account. Pinterest is the only social media that actually gives SEO juice to your stuff. Everything else, like Insta, Facebook, whatever, they want you to stay on their platform. Pinterest, on the other hand, you create a pin, it can circulate for years, And if you actually, like, for example, if you search my name, the very first thing that will pop up is Pinterest stuff. So even if you have nothing else on the web, your Pinterest profile, if you have one, will be on Google search.
0: Not to get too technical here, but Facebook, Instagram, all those, they're not indexed by Google, but Pinterest is actually indexed by Google. And that's what makes it separate itself. So again, not to get too technical or anything, I'll just leave it at that. But so your first piece of advice to get more traffic is to get on Pinterest. And what do people, what should they be sharing there?
1: Sharing their blog posts. I would, for every single blog post you create, I would create like three images and then test those um, to see which one performs the best. I would join groups. So not only posting, Pinterest is also the only platform like social media. I wouldn't even categorize it as social media, but that's whatever. It's
0: more like another search engine, just a different type of search engine, really.
1: Yes, it's a visual search. That Mm -hmm. is exactly correct. But I would create three different ones, test it out to see which one performs the best according to like the visual, according to the the wording. Always, always, always make sure that your link is in the bottom or or somewhere on the image so that they know where this image came from and they they know how to link to your website.
0: So not just in the description of it, you're saying actually on the image itself.
1: On the image. Yes.
0: And a great free tool to do that with. What do you use? Canva. Yeah. Canva is what I was going to say. I want to make sure you'd say the same thing. Yes. Canva.com. If you're not using that, it's a great free tool that you can add words to images. So back to the question on, on traffic, what else would you recommend doing? So they, they, People getting a Pinterest account, they're posting these three images, like you're saying, they're including the URL uh, of the blog post or the website, whatever it may be, at that point. What else can they do outside of Pinterest to start growing more traffic?
1: I would make sure that every single one of the images that you post on your blog posts have an alt tag. What that is, is basically you if you w- when you upload an image into WordPress and then you click in and you're editing it, there is like an alt tag description. What you want to type in there is what the image is about. This allows Google to basically Basically, read it as not uh, just like a pixel, like basically you wanted it mm-hmm. to be able to talk to Google, and the way to do it is through alt tags, through heading tags, different stuff like that. So, in alt tags, so for example, if you put an image of a woman holding a flower, you would literally type in there woman holding a flower. And then if your heading tag, which is your H1 tag, which is in your toolbar on the very top, if you like select your heading, matches, for example, like five gardening tools that you would use, and then your image is a woman holding a flower. Power, that tells Google that your image is relevant to your content. Mm-hmm. And then that right. ranks your stuff higher. So there's little things that you can do just on a daily basis that can help you with your with your SEO.
0: That's good. That's really good. Great advice. I don't have anything to add to that. I think that's that's dead on. Now, what are some ways as we come to a close here? I really want to get this question out there. If people are getting started, they start getting some traffic, let's say, how can they start monetizing their blog? What's the first way that you'd recommend for someone to do that?
1: affiliate links because those drive sales when you're not even working at all. So once you have all your affiliate links out there in your blog posts, Mm -hmm. the the earlier you start, the more affiliate links you'll have and then the less work you'll do as you continue on. Right. So that's the very first thing that I would recommend you learn how to do.
0: Now I do have to say with with affiliate links, really important here is make sure that you don't start writing content to just put affiliate links. Like you still have to be adding value. I think that's really a a point that we have to really hone in on because I've been to so many blogs that are, and I don't mean to be mean, but they're garbage and you can tell they're only writing it so they can Mm -hmm. throw an affiliate link in there. And I think that when you really take the time to write a really good post, like example, uh, Canva, if you're listening, we want affiliate (laughs) links, but you know, we're talking about Canva, if we write a blog post about, hey, how to make great stunning images and we're going to link to Canva, that would be an excellent place to actually put an affiliate link. Now, if I'm only writing about creating images and I do one about my dentist down the street, which makes no sense with anything else, I have some sort of affiliate link with that company. It's not good content. It doesn't add value. It's just me trying to make a buck and that's not the right way to create a blog and it certainly won't become a success. What kind of affiliate should they go after? Does it need to be directly in what they're doing?
1: I would suggest like a broad one that they can for example, like an affiliate network where a lot of Mm -hmm. brands go to you know, sign up such as like a win or flex offers or iGain, whatever or share a sale. I, I would start I'd probably start with share a sale because it's easiest to get into. Because some you need like mm-hmm. for specific traffic and blah blah blah. But basically, you sign up for that and then you look at the different brands that are in there mm-hmm. that are looking for affiliates, and that's like the easiest way to get an affiliate. Then once you've uh, used the affiliate links and learned how to use it, but also made these brands money, then you can reach out to the brands that like you actually want to promote and say, hey, look, right. I, I've promoted these brands this is the dollar amount I make for them every month. This is what I can do for you too. And then you'll get mm-hmm. into their programs a lot easier.
0: Now, if you have a product or service that you're already promoting, I think a great thing to do is, is obviously have that as your call to action on there. So make sure that you're promoting yourself, but it doesn't hurt to have an affiliate link within that if it makes sense. And this is something that took me a long time to get. I thought I couldn't have affiliate links if I was already promoting my own product. But I recently, I changed this, my mindset on this years ago, but recently, here's an example I did a blog post about growing your Instagram traffic. And I decided, you know what? I'm using this company to help me manage my social media. I'll go ahead and use their affiliate link in here because it adds value. And I didn't really expect much out of it, but within the first few hours of posting it, before I even promoted the blog post, I had already gotten emails saying I had made hundreds of dollars with them on the affiliate link. But my big call to action at the bottom was still sign up for my product, not sign up for theirs, but it was still was able to help. So there's always that value that you can use both within there as long as it makes sense. Again, it's gotta be focused And on your main topic. Mm Yep. Give us one last piece of wisdom before we close out here. What else do you got for us?
1: I would say my last piece of advice would be stop thinking and start doing. It's not about the perfect conditions. It's not about, you know, all these things. Like I would say we like to put limitations on ourselves before we even accomplish anything. So we like to like give all the excuses, all the things that might go wrong, blah, blah, whatever. But if you actually just like stop thinking, and I know that's like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, but like seriously stop thinking and just like do it and then learn from it and then continue learning from it. That's what I would say.
0: That's good advice. My Type A personality, though, my brain is kind of moving around right now. Like, what? Don't be prepared. <laughs> no, obviously prepare, but you can only prepare so much. You can't wait for perfection because if you're just chasing perfection, you're never going to get started. So, stop yeah. thinking and start doing. That's great advice.
1: For example, like I, I want to give a video example. So, I've been wanting to tap at, tap into video marketing and you know creating videos because video is literally like my f- worst fear. I was like, oh well, I don't have a ring light, and I'm like, why is having a ring light equal to like creating <laughs> content. Will that help? Yeah. Okay. And you can use a window, you know? And so, yeah. I was like, oh, and, and then my tripod was broken. I was like, Oh my gosh. So what I did yesterday was I, I did a hot glue. I stuck it into a box so that there was the platform. And then I recorded my very first video.
0: <laughs> that's great. No, that's good. Hey, you know, I, I, we laugh about it a little bit, but the truth is a lot of people struggle with that. Like, Oh, I don't have the right gear. The truth is pull out your phone, put it on your on your dresser, wherever it is, get some decent lighting, just turn on the lights in the room and get started. I, yeah. I think that's excellent advice. I love that example. So Elaine, well, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. This was extremely valuable. I was so excited to have another professional blogger just to talk to me about their wisdom and share their journey. So thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome.
0: This episode was packed full of practical blogging advice. I encourage you to check the show notes to make sure you didn't miss anything because Elaine and I covered a lot. Elaine, this was extremely valuable. Thank you so much again for being a guest. One thing I want to mention about Elaine actually is that she began blogging much better than I did. Now, what I mean by that is she realized almost immediately what took me years to realize, and that's that you need a support system or a tribe in order to succeed or fast-track your growth. It's something, again, it took me a long time to learn, and once I did, I began excelling and taking off as well, but it took me years. I don't want that to be you. Make sure that you get into a community, get a support system, get a tribe. If you don't have one right now, I encourage you to check out the Creating a Brand community because many of us within that community are bloggers or even future bloggers, and we all help each other by sharing each other's content. We share our resources and our experiences along the way just to motivate and encourage one another I promise you that it's going to help you out. It's helping me, and I've been a blogger for many years now, nearly a decade. And it's just going to help you elevate your blog so much faster. And this week in the community, we're actually going to be talking about blogging, all things blogging, and how we can grow our blogs into profitable businesses. So it's going to be super fun. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. So, Elaine, thank you again for being a guest on the podcast and just sharing your blogging journey with us all. For show notes, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. And quick shout out to everyone who's left us a review. We have a, a lot of reviews I'm very thankful for. If you have left one, take a screenshot of it and send it to me so I can share it on our social media. And of course, I'm going to tag you as well. And again, I just really appreciate everyone's support of this podcast. So thank you as always for listening and I'll be back with you all next week.